Hi, I wanted to make, hop on here and make another podcast. And I just had something that's really been on my heart and I just pray that my kids will be quiet long enough so I can share it all to you ladies or whoever's listening. It's been quiet on here. I have been sick, spent um, healing in my body and um, my children, just things going through our house and then the holidays and part of me felt a little pressure like, gosh, I really want to do something on the blog. I really want to interact with it somehow. And God just had to keep reminding me that my first ministry is to my children. So if there's any mothers listening here, I want to encourage you that, you know, your ministry is your children and everything else comes from the overflow. And so that's what's happening now. I want this to be from the overflow of the ministry of my home. There's no rhyme or reason to when or why something will be on my heart. But this was burning on my heart, and so I'm like, I have to make time to put this out there before I lose it off my brain. So it's called Gibeah Haraloth. I don't even know how to say it, so I'm sure that there are more scholarly people than me that can correct me, and that would be awesome. I don't know how to say it, but Gibeah Haraloth. So you just want to join with me in prayer. We'll pray. Dear God, I just thank you. I thank you for every ear that could tune in right now. I thank you for the word that you give us that burns on our heart, dear Jesus. I thank you for ministry in our home and ministry to each other. And I thank you that you, um, we can come together as iron sharpens iron and learn from each other, dear Jesus. And I pray that this that you put on my heart that I'm learning from, others can hear and learn also, dear Jesus. You are a good father. We bind up any distraction in the name of Jesus and we command it to be put to a stop. Give us ears to hear whatever it is that your spirit would like us to hear and learn and apply to our lives. We give you all the glory, dear God, all the glory. Thank you for sending your son. It's in his precious name we pray. Amen. So um, a while back when my husband and I, we started this get together. I don't really want to say outreach. It's just like a service type thing. And, And the park is how it started in Orland, Indiana. And when we were really praying and fasting, actually, for what that looked like and what it was going to be about, God spoke very specifically to me that I was to pray for this meeting like Jericho, like it's our Jericho, that um, we are to pray. And if you know the story of Jericho, that is the start of when they go into the promised land, the Israelites, they march around this city and the walls come tum- come, come down um, It's a really exciting, victorious story. So that's how I began to pray for this. I really believed that God was going to really break down walls in our community. That Sunday after he spoke that word to me, um, it was actually confirmed through our youth pastor. He had a word and he stopped, um, and our worship leader, he stopped playing and he said, I feel like somebody needs to hear that um, the walls of the Jericho in your life are coming down. Now, obviously, I'm paraphrasing. It was kind of a long word, but it was such sweet confirmation. So I really wanted to do a teaching on Jericho. I went and I just scoured jo- um, Joshua and all the points of Jericho because I'm really excited about this and I want this to be the next step in our life. And I think everybody wants the next step in their life to be the Jericho moment, the victory moment. But um, as I went back to begin to study, and I do have a whole teaching point on that prepared, which is really neat, all the things God was revealing through that story. 
God urged me back. He said, no, go back, right? Go back just a little further. And I believe that before every victory, there's this precursor. You know, we can read and study the victory, which is important, but we need to know the preparation, the work behind the scenes that set up these folks in a place that was going to bring the promised land. So, and I I need to know that. And we all need to know that because if we're going to step into our Jericho, step into what God has promised us, we might have to do a little preparation for that. So I'm going to take you back to Joshua 5 because I feel like that's where he took me back to. Um, I'm just going to start at 5.1. It says, Now when all the Amorite kings west of the Jordan and all the Canaanite kings along the coast heard how the Lord had dried up the Jordan before the Israelites until we had crossed over, their hearts melted and they no longer had the courage to face the Israelites. So right there we see that the enemy is already having their hearts melted. Their, uh, God is already preparing the way for the Israelites. But even so, he already took them he dried up the, the Jordan, it said, so they could cross again, um, cross another body of water. What, what an awesome miracle to see. But he still says in, in verse 2, it says, At that time the Lord said to Joshua, Make flint knives and circumcise the Israelites again. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the Israelites at Gibeath Haraloth. And um, at the bottom of my Bible, it says Gibeath Harlath means hill of foreskin. So that's kind of weird. Okay. So bear with me. So that's where we're, we're stopping in the word. And I want to ask you, what is your Jericho? What has God promised you? I want you to be thinking about that during this message that God has spoken and promised things to each one of us. And I want you to be thinking about what he has spoken to you. What is the promised land and the victory and what he's called you and put on your life. It's like your personal promised land. So now let's think about this. Jericho is kind of like, um, if I like images. So if you imagine with me, it's like a Broadway play. The finished final piece is of is watching the play. You go and you watch it and it's beautiful and it's awesome and sometimes it makes you cry and sometimes it makes you cheer. But that was not that not did not just happen. There was tons of preparation and, and hours of months, maybe even years of work. There's script writing, there's costume design, there's creating all of it, there's makeup, there's sweat, there's hard work, and it all leads up to that masterpiece. So what do we need to lead us up and come before? Um, our our personal promised land. So what preparation do we need to take? And that's what God has been putting on my heart. What preparation, Ashley, do you need to take? So let's take a look at this story in these few verses and just see what we can apply to our lives. And that is my baby. He is right here with me. He is just helping me do the podcast. (laughs) But... I just, um, I just want to point out, I think it's five, five facts I have here. I don't want to lie to you. Let me make sure. I think it's four, four facts. Okay. Nope. Five. 
See, should have went with my first instinct. This was on my heart kind of a little bit ago and I'm like, have the house kind of to myself. I just have the littles here and I'm like, I need to get this recorded and out there. Sometimes I just don't even care how polished it sounds. It's really just the word that matters. So the first point I wanna say is, the ones who went before them paved the way. So even though the people that went before Joshua, they made mistakes, here they are, still in the desert, on the verge of the greatest breakthrough in um, their lifetime. And it all began generations before them. If it wasn't for the Israelites even following Moses, who led them into the desert um, and followed the Lord, these young men wouldn't even be put in a place to be getting ready to inhabit this promised land. So sometimes we need to step back and realize who paved the way, who came before us. And maybe that's not a family thing, because maybe you're like a first generation believer, but there are many um, scholars and theologians who have paved the way before us, who we have learned from. And I do not want to just throw out all these teachings. It is not by us alone. We have just been set up for the victory, set up for the promised land through other prayer warriors and people in our community praying for the same things that God's using you for now. And I want to point out that they even, people make mistakes, but we still can honor them where honor is due. Um, and I also want to point out, like I pointed out before, second point, the enemy's heart was already melted. The victory was already set up. So when God gave direction on what to do in preparation, the people were already afraid of the Israelites. They were moving forward from victory, not towards victory. This mindset is so important when we go to battle for the Lord. The battle has already been set up and won on our behalf in the name of Jesus. What he has called and anointed you and ordained you to do, he has already gave you victory in. Here, baby. <laughs> Okay. All right. Point. Um, but those two points aren't even like the main point of what God's put on my heart. Those were just a little extra when I read through there. I'm like, oh, those are, those are awesome points. I want to talk about the painful preparation because I feel like I'm in a season of painful preparation. The last um, two are important, but let's just focus on this one because it's timely today. I know I needed to hear this because of some hard times that are coming at me, like labor pains before birth. But let's talk about how they had to be circumcised. They, they already seen God show up. They've already seen miracles on their behalf, all to glorify God, but they still had to stop and circumcise, and circumcise themselves before the promised land. Ouch, this is a painful thing. You have, may have been walking with the Lord for a while, but in this season, I believe he is saying to yourself, um, prepare yourself, circumcise your heart, it says in Deuteronomy. Let's get rid of the extra that don't need to go into the promised land with you. We need to cut the dead off, the things that don't need to be there. This really spoke to me personally. Um, my husband and I have been going through what I explained as labor pains. And until I read the story, I believe God is bringing the surface dead things that need to the surface, the things that are dead that need to be cut off. And it is so messy and it's painful. But when the weight is lifted off, when it's gone, it's very freeing. And so I just want to encourage you to um, begin to pray and ask God, what is it, God, that you want to circumcise off of me? And even though it's painful, just allow God to begin to cut those things out of your, out of your life. Point four. The next point 
that really, really stirred me. And if you pick up anything from this story, I want you to allow this to soak in. They had to make flint knives to do their circumcision. So why would that even matter? <laughs> I mean, I don't know, but maybe to anybody else reading this story, it wouldn't matter, but God really nudged me on this one. I, when I was going through the ark, it showed this room um, and they were creating knives. They were doing all this, what would you call it, forgery? Or I don't really know what it's called. They're, um, where they make, they melt and they hammer and they make the knives. So in that tiny little sentence where I said they had to make the knives, I just imagine that so much work is going into this to cut this off of them. So they stopped here at this city that they named Gibeoth Haraloth, right? Which means Hill of Forsians. They made the flint knives and then they circumcised the men. Uh, so he just, let's think about this, creating something sharp to cut off the dead and unneeded things. Things in the Old Testament are usually perfect spiritual parallels to our lives now. You know, what needs cut out in your life and what is going to, what in your life is gonna be sharp enough to cut it off. For me, it's making time to create these flint knives in my life. So these, this could be rearranging a busy schedule for time in the secret place, um, speaking and being in his word daily or hearing wise counsel from pastors who might step on your toes a little bit. It's allowing conviction to come over you. It's like, ouch, it's sharp, conviction hurts. But don't just be convicted when it finds you. Go out and make the flint knives. Go out and seek after what God wants you to change in your life. Seek out those sharp things that are going to cut off the dead in your life. They took the time to make the flint knives and I want to follow suit. If the dead is going to be cut off, it's going to take some elbow grease. You know, Gibeoth Harleth is what they named the place where all of this happened. Now, I'm not a Bible scholar, actually quite the opposite, <laughs> funny enough. But I do recognize as I read through the Old Testament that it seems when something important is done for God, they name that place with a name similar to what actually happened there. And it is to remind generations to come, sort of like a memorial landmark type thing. I don't know if that's what they were doing here, but I know that Gibeoth Harleth means hill of, hill of foreskins. And that is what it is directly translated to. Beautiful subject for a women's blog, huh? But God just stirred on my heart that right here, right now, on this hill where we stand or we sit, whether we are walking through our house with headphones in or sitting in our car, ladies, today is the day we come to our Gibeoth Harla. This is the day that the dead is cut off and we are free from the things that God is asking us to remove. It becomes a hill. A hill is under our feet. A hill is under your feet and it actually lifts you up higher so that you can see further. The things that are holding us back from the promise he has burnt onto our hearts, you know, let's circumcise our hearts. You know, it's hard and it's gonna hurt, but we claim the victory because it's already ours. Then we stand up on that hill. So what needs to go? What is God saying to you that dies today at this hill? Today. And I'm just, I'm asking God also in my life, what do you want to go? Actually, let's just pause right now. Dear God, right now we pause before you. Everybody who is hearing this, whether it's, um, I just pray that you 
come and speak to their soul, dear God. Tell them what needs to go in their life. What are you trying to get their attention? Whether it's sin or an idol or something that they set up before you or a distraction, dear God. It may, it may be something godly, but maybe it's not what uh, what you've called them to do, dear God. Get them back on track and just pull it out of their lives, dear God, so they can enter into the promised land. Let them seek you fervently in the secret place, dear God. I just praise your name, Jesus, because you are good and mighty. You know, I just, we got to ask ourselves, what is not producing fruit? That's, that's the key. Oh, circumcise my heart, dear God. Your plan is good and you are good. You don't just promise clear days and rainbows. There are days that hurt, but you know it. You are present in the pain, molding me, cleansing it out. All right, now. Point five. This is the last point, and this is going a lot quicker than I thought. Wanted it to. I probably could have talked a lot longer on each one of these these points, but I just I have a very cute baby looking at me and smiling right now and needing my attention. But I'm gonna put it out there no matter what. So the best part. Now I have to get my Bible out because it slid under my computer. So. This is the best part. They had to wait until they were healed. Massively important. So let's go to five, Joshua five, um, where am I? Five, eight. It says, and after the whole nation had been circumcised, they remained where they were in camp until they were healed. You know, don't worry. God allowed them to heal. He will allow you to heal also. He doesn't just hurt us to hurt us. He has a purpose and he's not even really hurting us. He's just molding us. We're the ones who think it's so awful. If we could see the big picture, we'd know that the plan he has is good for us. So he let them heal. He will allow you to heal also. Um, It wasn't benefiting us or his kingdom in the first place. So take the rest and restoration God gives you afterwards. Allow him to come in and turn your wounds to scars. Scars that will remind you of the goodness of God. Wounds can become infected, but scars remind us of things that are past and they're healed. So don't be hard on yourself. Allow yourself to receive this part. It is so hard for women to sit and allow him to heal you before you move forward towards your Jericho. Um, so I also, um, that's really all I have about this and I'm really excited and I really wish some women would reach out to me and tell me what is your Jericho? What is your personal Jericho that God has been putting on your heart that he's been promising to you? And I'd be excited to know even what he has been speaking to you that might have to go in your life because I know he's been dealing with me on that and I don't want to feel alone in it, but, oh, hold on. I also want to be doing, I want to start a prayer podcast. And so I want to put a little plug in right now. I want to um, um, invite women to come and pray with me. I know some prayer warriors. I have one that I'm trying to talk into praying with me. I have, I, I love praying. Uh, some of my, many times, most of the time, my words fall short. But I know that what moves mountains and lives is leading women to prayer. So I would love to invite you into um my prayers for over my family and over my community and i thought maybe i would post that and welcome you in so i thought that the more people that listen we could bind together with our hearts in this prayer because where two or more are gathered there he is and i believe that he he surpasses time so it wouldn't matter when you listen as long as we are binding together 
um, on the same thing. He is there in it. And I believe that there's going to be power in that. I also think that there's a learning curve. I, I've been blessed to be surrounded by so many praying ladies in my life. And to hear the way they pray becomes part of you. And I just feel like listening to prayers could be one of my favorite things. Every night I tell my husband, I'm like, you didn't pray. You got to pray. I love to hear my husband pray. I love to hear him pray over me at night. And so I thought maybe women would really enjoy enjoy um, listening to a podcast of just prayer. It will be simply prayer. And I'm really excited about that. And I hope you can tune in and join me for that. So thank you so much for listening. And I just pray, I'm going to pray once again, dear God, go with us, bless us, bless every ear that is heard, dear God. You are such a good, good, mighty God. You are on the throne and you love us. You love each and every person. Now, I've said your word that you've asked me to say. I've said it in a house full of chaos, dear God. But I pray right now that it goes out and it does what you have set it out to do, dear Jesus. And I put it all in your hands and it's in your precious name I pray. Amen.